High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. All right, time now for uh, Tech Tuesday in the company of Joan Mulvihill, who is uh, a policy consultant for independent technology, for technology and communications. Joan, welcome to the programme. You're bringing tech into the home again. I, I, I suppose this is just going to happen, is it? Given that it dominates every other aspect of our lives, it's going to dominate our homes. It's really interesting, actually. What's going on in our homes is making us more demanding of what we even expect in our workplace. But yes, um, through Internet of Things, which is a very technical term for those of us in the industry, but um, technology is just more and more now part of how we all live our lives. But I remember you talking to me about a thing called climate, which I have, which means I can turn my centre leading on and off remotely. This is really good if you're coming home from a holiday or something like that and you can have the house warm before you get there while you've had it turned off for two weeks and so on. But now you've extended that. You can tell if there's a leak. Yes. So I was looking at some, doing some research for today, thinking about other applications or future applications of technology in our homes. And a lot of it is not what you would think of as hardcore tech. It's a lot of it is just nice wireless devices. You put them in your house. And one of the things that crossed my mind is as we're heading into the winter months now, people are more susceptible to a leak through a frozen pipe or whatever. And I thought of another friend of mine and she has a second home and she doesn't get to spend a lot of time there. And it's an older house, so the very one that's susceptible to a leak. And I saw this really cool thing called Wally. And you can put Wally in your home and it's a wireless device and it will detect a leak when the water levels literally millimetres. But that's really interesting because... It's a staggering number of people, much more than we would imagine, come home from holidays or, as you point out, go to a holiday home, a second home that they don't visit very often, to suddenly discover mayhem uh, in the house. Absolutely. And even when people go away for a few days over Christmas, just to relatives or whatever, they're always a little bit worried about what's going on at home, particularly if the weather is and bad. And Wally picks it up. Wally will pick it up. And of course, the really interesting thing is a lot of people have their water tank in their attic. So... It's not until the water is seeping through the ceiling before you realise that you have a problem. So what's clever about this is it's picking it up before you see it and it's sending alert to your phone. Um, it, it's interesting. You know, the Japanese um, are not the most favourite hotel guests because they like to fill their bath up to the very top and then sort of bounce around in it. So uh, the water then is the way it's Japanese culture in terms of having a bath. So now the water spills on to the floor and hotels uh, don't like that, understandably. understandably. But I'm, I must be part Japanese because uh, I, I water goes everywhere when I'm in the shower. I forget to bring the curtain in and all that kind of stuff. And you do not remember like leaving sorry, junior search science when we discussed... Discuss displacement and I know. Our, the principle of, of Archimedes. Archimedes. Yes, yeah. my mother was a science teacher. I should have got that. Yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, Wally, I think it'd be quite useful in our house. I must uh, think about it. Um, now, I, I only put in a burglar alarm after I was burgled, which wasn't clever. But I'm not sure whether I have a fire alarm or not. I actually don't know. 
you must have a smoke alarm. Must I'm I? pretty sure with building standards, you are obliged to have a smoke alarm for your yeah. insurance, for your house insurance. But, but it, I'm in an old house now. My house is, old, relatively speaking, is 70 years old. Well, a smoke alarm is just battery operated. You pop it, it up into the ceiling, so you don't need to rewire your house for a smoke alarm. Okay. Pretty sure the lovely Ingrid probably has that sorted. But you've got your house a smart insurance. idea for smoke. Well... Um, it was interesting, actually. Friends of mine had a fire recently and the fire started in their attic. And, of course, if you think about it, we don't think of putting our smoke alarms in the attic and yet they're stuffed with all the stuff that'll go up in flames really, really easily, like our Christmas tree and decorations and all the old files. So, first of all, put your smoke alarm in your attic, which is really good. But from a technology point of view, I did find another new device called the Leo, L-E-E-O, which is a really simple, again, low-cost sensor system, doesn't require any wiring, and it detects the beep the beep that goes on your smoke alarm which gets very annoying when your battery is running out and again it will send an alert to your phone so then you can decide whether or not to phone the fire brigade again particularly if you're away yeah this away thing I quite like I like the sound of when you're away that your gadgets will tell you uh, what's happening but um, the uh uh, items that appeal to me you obviously know your presenter here uh, you've got items for old people well, yes. I mean, a lot of the great things about technology and living in this very connected world is it allows people to live independently and more peacefully in terms of peace of mind. So I started focusing on the things that keep us awake at night and we tend to worry about our homes. We worry about our families. And there are great devices out there now, wearable technology. And um, so like smart watches or whatever um, that you can wear and it allows people who are maybe older possibly suffering from early stages of dementia maybe or Alzheimer's so that if they have an accident their phone their, or their wearable device rather their watch wristwatch will be able to detect where they are at any point in time, if they've had a fall, if they haven't moved, so they can be monitored. And it strikes me that while these are designed for maybe older people trying to live independently, also I think of higher risk occupations and people who could use these. And I'm not suggesting my father is either old or infirm, but he's a farmer, he's out, he's gone off to herd, he could be down the fields, he don't know where he is. If he has an accident down there, climbing across a fence or something. We don't know where he is. But the wearable device sounds uh, really interesting, particularly, I mean, I think uh, the issue about your father and farmers is, is very well taken. But in the issue of older people, then, of course, we're trying to encourage older people to live independently. So it's amazing you talk to somebody and say, oh, my mother's 88 or my father's 92. And then they'll say, great, they're living alone and, and you know, they're really good. But the living alone thing has a downside, which have addressed. So if the problem happens now, the wearable device is really good. It's really good. So it will be able to pick up their last location. But I even find it for myself. I go out for a run and I've often wondered, where's the panic button on me if anything happens? If I've had, if I have an accident, if I get hit, if I was a drive by, you know, uh, a hit and run yeah. or whatever, you know, that I could hit or if I get attacked, you know, you can hit a smart a panic button on a wearable device that will immediately okay. send somebody Yeah, the panic button you should really strike is before you start running on the road because anybody running on the road like needs a panic switch. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, I, I think uh, it's better to run not alone, run with friends. But um, right. yeah, sometimes it can happen. And it is something that's crossed my mind. But uh, it's great to have devices like that. Okay. So. Uh, I had a query uh, yesterday uh, to Kira Kelly on the health checkup. Um, a fellow was saying that he snores like crazy and is driving his pregnant girlfriend mad. Uh, you have the answer. Well, there are a couple, but one set, one thing I did find was a thing called Cocoon, which are, that's K-O-K-O-O-N, and it was actually a Kickstarter. So that means it was fun, it was a startup, an invention that was funded by community through Kickstarter. Um, and it, it had such a great uh, uptake that they've actually delayed their first shipment by a couple of months. It will be out this this autumn, this winter. Um, but it's their headphones that have been designed that are comfortable enough to sleep in. And it plays audio through the headphones that promotes sleep with sensors that will detect as you're nodding off. And then it will lower the audio and allow you to drift off peacefully and will block out the noise of your snoring partner. Well, uh, that sounds really good because I recommended wearing a pair of headphones. Now, headphones would be pretty uh, uh, uncomfortable, I would have thought. The other thing is just to put earplugs in, I would have thought. But your idea is much smarter. Like you're doing, you're playing music and doing all sorts of stuff. Promoting sleep. I mean, there are loads of great applications for helping you to go to sleep but obviously the headphones will uh, certainly uh, I, I, you see I can't understand people who can't sleep like Ingrid can't sleep I can't understand that because I just lie on a pillow and go to sleep well, I'm a, I'm a bit of a sleeper myself, but, you know, one of the things that we're very on all of the time now and um, I think... Speak for yourself. Speaking for myself. Yes, but we live in a society where we're very plugged in, we're very switched on. A lot of us are checking our phones last thing before we go to sleep, first thing in the morning. And these are not necessarily very good habits to get into. But there are good applications on your phone that promote sleep. So the new iOS upgrade on your iPhone, for example, has a better sleep an alarm functionality on it. But one I found... I've downloaded this on my iPhone. So what does it do? Well, so uh, this Sleep Genius one is a NASA spin-off. And it was highlighted last year as one of the top... Um, spin-offs from NASA um, and there are options with it so there's the Revive Cycle Alarm which allows you to wake up better I, I, I have an eastern facing bedroom and I love waking up to natural light I hate waking up in pitch darkness going off on my ear it's like that's no way to start your day in a good mood You're unbelievable do you know that? Joe Mulville is my guest who's an independent consultant on matters technology and um, I wouldn't know whether I'm facing north, south, east or west. How would I know? By the sun rising. By the sun rising. So I deliberately have the east facing bedroom because I like to wake up to natural light. My mother used to get All the while now, when you go to sleep, you pull the curtains. So the room is dark anyway. Oh, yeah, but it gets through. I'd sleep with no curtains other than I live in a bungalow. So that's pretty bad idea. No, I, 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 I have the room pitch black. Like with with the heavy juicy curtains mm. and all that, I, and I wake up and I have no idea like what time it is because it's pitch black at any time if I go in there. You see, I don't like that disorientating, and it's not a natural way to wake up. We should wake up. I mean, our bodies are built to wake up with a natural to wake up cycle to, light. Uh, to wake up to light. But um, in terms of this, it's it's just got a more gentle. 
It's your alarm starts to go off quietly for about five minutes beforehand and it optimizes your it knows what stage of sleep you're at. So it gradually wakes you at that time when it's the most optimum time. You to don't like up. jingle jangle and all that. I don't so. like big old beeping, although I have to say in the early days of my first iPhone, there was a few problems with them and there was a sleep app and you used to put it under your, your phone under your pillow and that was all working fine and it was monitoring my sleep and this was all very interesting until uh, I had my phone in my handbag one day and it went on fire and it burnt a hole in an envelope and I do remember thinking, mm, good job that didn't happen when it was under was my just pillow. Thinking, yeah, yeah. No, I sleep is not an issue for me but I do uh, certainly sleep in darkness although when I worked, interestingly, and a number of people have talked about this, people who travel a lot, right, will very often have a hotel of choice. So they'll stay in Holiday Inns or Hilton's or Marriott's or whatever it is. And of course all these hotels are exactly the same. So they, they, the light switch is in the same place, everything's in the same place. And people who travel a lot uh, have told me that they write down on a piece of paper where they are. So it's like Tokyo or Johannesburg or Helsinki because they wake up and there's this terrifying thing, which can last quite a bit. Where am I? I used to have that kind of job many years ago. Really? For about four years, I was flying a huge amount and I was regularly in different cities in different countries and I had exactly that problem and I used to turn on the television in the morning to find out what language they were speaking to quickly figure out where I was. Writing it down obviously would be easier. But it is scary to wake up and not know where you are. Well, exactly. And that's why I don't like that whole pitch darkness thing. And this idea of waking up gently is better for all of us. It's a better way to start your day. And technology is now going to be able to help people to do that. And it will monitor your sleep patterns as well. Can I give you a way of waking up, which was pre-technology? Go for it. Yes, well, Brother Athanasius, who uh, made my life in Prez Cork as a schoolboy. Um, obviously, schoolboys, you know, it's difficult to get up in the morning and all this sort of thing. So um, a couple of fellas were late for about third consecutive day. And Athanasius gave them his methodology of waking up, right? No alarms. I'm already required. terrified. No <laughs> alarms required. If you want to get up at seven... You bang your head seven times off the pillow, not off a hard object, the pillow, and you go one, two, three, seven, and you'll wake up at seven the following morning. That's extraordinary. I have. But it works. Uh, well, uh, maybe. I do it all the time. I one, two, seven. I do check what time it is always on my phone before I go to sleep right. so so that I can program myself. I mentally kind of, I think right. subconsciously know when it's going to be waking up time. Try banging your head against the pillow. I find banging my head against a brick wall a lot of the time, George. All right, now, Wally makes the point, all these gadgets you're talking about presumably are Wi-Fi dependent, are they? A lot of them will work on a sensor. So, yeah, you should be able to link them up with but your phone. But it's just if you're in Bali the Hop, they probably haven't got Wi-Fi. A, a SIM card should be able to work. A SIM card? A SIM How card. There could be a SIM card in both devices, so they will speak oh, telephonically oh. rather than wirelessly. So that So you can get around it. All right. Well, uh, that's it. Remember, you can uh, download a podcast of Tech Tuesday on Newstalk.com. Uh, My thanks to independent technology consultant Joan Mulvihill, who does Tech Tuesday every month.